It's time for News Talk 720 KDWN's Ask the Expert Hour. Have a question? Call now, 702-257-KDWN. That's 702-257-5396. Hey, good morning. I'm John Schaefer. Welcome to KDON's Ask the Expert. It's a legal hour this morning. Joining us this morning, Brian A. Lowe from Brian A. Lowe & Associates, an aptly named law firm for our guest today. It's great to have you with us. Well, Brian, first of all, let's start off with a little background on you. How did you get into practicing law, and what sort of law are you practicing here in Las Vegas now? Okay, I started off uh, going to college uh, with the idea of getting a, a business degree, which I did. I got an MBA, went out into business, worked for Caterpillar Tractor, went to work for General Electric Company, and uh, then decided that... Uh, I needed to go into my own business and uh, uh, then went to law school, got my uh, Juris Doctor degree, and um, then went on to get a Master's of Law in Business and in Tax. After that, I came uh, back to Las Vegas and uh, went into my own practice, specifically uh, practicing in the area of estate planning. And I've enjoyed it. I enjoy my work. I enjoy going to work every morning. All right. Well, let's talk then a little bit about uh, estates and trusts and that sort of thing. What exactly is an estate, uh, estate planning, a trust? I'm sure there there's a difference between the two. What is it that you are focusing on when people come in to talk with you, and what are you helping them with? Okay. Estate planning is uh, uh, a means of organizing your financial affairs in such a way that you can transfer those assets to the next generation or to some group of beneficiaries after you die. And you're not going to be around to, to handle that and to keep uh, everything flowing the way that you want it, so you have to organize it and plan it well in advance. Now, trusts are not a new thing. Some people think that trusts are, have developed over the last uh, 50, 100 years, but that's not true. Trusts have been in existence for hundreds of years. And we see some history of trusts even back in the Roman days. But the trust law really started to develop in uh, the mid, mid, uh, in the dark ages. And we were right in the dark ages, and uh, people wanted to go down to the Holy Land for the Crusades, and, and there'd be a duke, and the duke would have property, and he would want to go to the Crusades thinking it would only be maybe a couple of years going down to, to uh, fight the infidels as they, they saw it. And so they had to uh, uh, do something with their property in their absence, but they couldn't give it to their wife because at that time the women were just chattel. And right. We couldn't uh, uh, distribute any assets to them. So they would go next door to the Duke and say, Duke, would you – handle my earldom for for a little while while I'm down in the in the crusades and the duke would say sure and so he'd go off the earl would go off to the crusades and instead of coming back in 2 years he'd come back in 20 years and when he'd get back he'd find that the duke really wanted to keep all of the earldom and so it required going into the king well, at that time, there were two courts, the church court and the king's court. Right. And so they went to the king and, 
And the king thought about this in, the, in the, their court and said, well, you know what you developed, what you did when you let the duke take over your earldom, you created a trust. And he was a trusted person or a trustee. And so we're going to require that trustee to do what he promised to do. And so now all of a sudden we start having trust law. And down through the ages, people have used these, these trust laws in such a way to do many, many different things. It's not just one thing that you can do with a trust. There are many things. And so in the planning, people will come in. We will interview them. We will talk to them about what it is they want to do. And then oftentimes we will recommend a trust to accomplish what they want to do. Yeah, when you're talking about the history of trust, you're talking about royalty and how it all started back in the dark ages. When I hear the word trust now, I still think of it as something, well, that's just something that people that are well off or have a lot of money or assets need to have set up. Is that the case or is a trust for everybody? Uh, there are trusts that uh, will take care of most people's uh, situations. Uh, people with a lot of money uh, often try to use a trust to reduce taxes. And we were able to use uh, trusts as a, uh, an estate tax reduction uh, plan. Then we have trusts that uh, people use to take care of, let's say, special needs types of uh, children or special needs uh, parents. And they will set up trusts so that upon their demise, there will be a fund there to, to take care of their children that have special needs. Sometimes people will even buy insurance and put that into the trust so they, it will be well-funded uh, when they die and there will be sufficient funds to take care of a special needs child or a parent or whatever. There are uh, asset protection types of trusts. People will get into a trust uh, to protect their own assets. And also they will uh, establish a trust to protect the assets that will eventually go to that next generation. So uh, the best way to figure out, I guess, if I would be someone who needed a trust or someone out there listening thinks they might need a trust would be to set up an appointment with you and come in and talk to you, be interviewed by you to find out what their needs might be. That's correct. A lot of people think that a trust is a trust. All you do is sign one document. You can go to a stationery store and get a, a, a trust of some type and you sign it and now you've got a trust. But uh, every person's situation is a little different. And so they really do need to talk to uh, legal counsel and determine what it is that will be best for them. Right, because I'm sure a lot of people now with the advent of the Internet think, well, I can just go online and get a trust document. Google search trust, get some document, fill in the blanks, and then I'm good to go. A lot of people will do that, and we find out after they die uh, or uh, when they are, um, they lose competence, they can't change it, and now the need appears and they cannot make a change. So you really need to do the planning when you have uh, competence and plenty of time to get it uh, working, and you can see it work. If you, if you establish it as it's a living trust, then you get to see how that works while you're still alive and how it will work after you die.
We're speaking with attorney Brian A. Lowe for Brian A. Lowe and Associates. We're talking trusts this morning on Ask the Experts, 702-257-5396. If you have a question or comment for Brian A. Lowe, you talked about living trust. Is there a difference between a living trust and a regular trust or all trusts living trusts? Is it like a, a living will? Well, a living trust is one that you create while you're still alive. And then there are testamentary trusts. Those are established when you die. And sometimes people, rather than having a living trust and creating that trust and transferring property into the living trust, will uh, put a trust inside of their will. And that's called a testamentary trust, which comes into existence after they die. And when that happens, generally what happens, what you have to do is take their assets through a probate process before it gets into the trust. You have the living trust, then you can transfer those assets into the trust while you're still alive and avoid the probate process. We will be back with attorney Brian A. Lowe from Brian A. Lowe & Associates right here on Ask the Experts. But right now, let's check in with Mitch Kelly in the Cadon One Nevada Credit Union Traffic Center. Now back to Ask the Experts on News Talk 720 KDWN. And good morning, KDWN Newstime 919. Welcome back to Ask the Experts here on News Talk 720 KDWN. Our number is 702-257-5396. If you have a comment or question for attorney Brian A. Lowe from Brian A. Lowe & Associates, who is joining us here on Ask the Experts on this Monday morning to talk about trusts. Good morning again, Brian. Good morning. So we were talking about trusts, living trusts, before we went to the break what would be the process I would need to go through if I decided I should think about putting my assets into a trust? You'll come to, let's say you come into my office. <clears throat> you will have some idea as to why you're coming in. You want to plan your estate. You have not gone to law school. You haven't studied trusts. You, you've heard a little bit about probate. You've heard a little bit about uh, elder uh, care a lot of different things that you're concerned about, but you really don't know wh- what you want and, and what you need. So you sit down and we, we take at least an hour talking to you about what it is that you want to do, uh, what you want to accomplish, and maybe even bring up some things that maybe you haven't even considered. And then at that time you'd say, well, yeah, I think that's what I want to do. And so we will design a plan, and once we design it, then we will ask, is this what it is that, uh, that you want to accomplish? And if it is, we'll tell you this is what it's going to cost, and then we proceed. Is it just money that would go into a trust? Or would I put my house in a trust, cars, or basically well, that's all things we would learn during the interview process? Uh, primarily during the interview process. Uh, with some assets, you may decide for asset protection that you'll create an LLC and put a real property into it. Maybe you would uh, not want to put an automobile into a trust because uh, with any automobile comes some liability. And if your car is involved in an accident, that that uh, the owner of the automobile will be sued. And we don't like the trust to be sued. So sometimes we don't put automobiles okay. in. But houses and money and stocks and bonds and all of this, we generally put it into a trust. Can you get things back out of a trust? If I would put my house in trust, then decide I don't want it in the trust anymore because I want to sell it. There are two questions there. Can you get it back out? With a living trust, you can put assets into it. 
and this is a revocable living trust. You can put assets into it. You can take the assets out of it at any time. If you put it in, then it does. It's will be administered according to the terms of the trust. You take it out, now it's, it will be administered when you die according to the terms of your will, which generally if you have a trust, there's a pour over will that says, now put it back into the trust. So it behooves you to keep everything in the trust. <clears throat> so yes, you can put it in, you can take it out. Now, um, oftentimes, People will sell their house. They do not have to take it out of the trust to sell it. The trust can sell it just like you can sell it. So if you are the trustee and generally the grantors or settlers of the trust are the, also the trustees, they will sign the documents to sell. They will collect the funds. They will put it into the trust or put it into their own bank account, whatever. So you can sell it inside the okay. trust. Are trustees people that I have to name while I'm still alive, or are they named by the estate after I would pass on? Generally, a person will choose their own trustees, and it's up to the grantors or settlers to name uh, trustees who will succeed them. Generally, it's the grantors that will be their own trustees. But the time comes, now who can do it? So they will choose another trusted person, and that trusted person maybe one of their children or a sibling or a parent or uh, oftentimes if it's if the trust is going to last for generations you're not going to know all the people that are going to be alive right. then so generally at the end of the day we like to have some kind of an institution named as the successor trustee that will be the trustee if no one else that you've named can serve so then it's different than the executor of your will or could it be the same person? Does it matter? It can matter? be the same person, sure. The, the executor of the will can wear the uh, personal representative hat uh, as an executor or take off that hat and put on his trustee hat and, and act as the trustee. And since I brought up wills, if I have a trust, do I still need a will? You generally need a will along with the trust because oftentimes you'll try to get everything put into the trust. So it'll be all administered by the trust. But oftentimes there are items that you forgot to put into the trust. What do we do with those items? Well, it's the will that determines what will happen to those items. And that's why you generally put in that will, pour everything that I didn't get into the trust over into the trust after I died. And in here in Nevada, if you don't do that, it, the state decides what happens to it. Well, correct. It actually, the... Uh, uh, statutes, the Nevada Revised Statutes spell out what will happen, and and that's called an intestate estate, and uh, there are intestate heirs, and it'll go according to the laws of intestacy of the state of Nevada. When you hear about, uh, sometimes we hear about people who pass on, and then their family fights over the will because the new wife says that she's entitled to more than she's getting, but the ex-wife is the one still named in it because the person didn't change it. Can the same thing happen with the trust? Is there fighting over that afterward, or is that cut and dry because I did come to you and have it set up the proper way? There are oftentimes issues that uh, arise, and people... Uh, heirs who would receive those those assets but for the trust or but for the will, those intestate heirs have standing or a right to bring some kind of an action to 
um, contest the will or the trust. And those opportunities are there. So oftentimes in trust, what will happen is they will, uh, and we do this also, put in a non-contest clause that basically says, if you contest what, what I am doing in this trust, you get nothing. You get a goose egg, zero. And oftentimes that slows them down. But notwithstanding, if they're getting zero anyway, they will still try to contest it, and, and the courts are, are open to listen to their arguments. And depending on how strong uh, everything was set up will depend on whether they have any chance in court. So unfortunately, no matter how hard I've worked my whole life and garnered all these assets and decided what I want to do with them after I die, people can still try and fight my final wishes. They can, they can fight it, sure. Yeah. Uh, but whether they will prevail or not is a different story. Right. So and, if you wanted to make sure that your assets were going to a certain person or a certain place or for a certain use, a trust is the way to go with it, that not a, not leaving it, it in your will. It's one of the best ways. And whenever we are executing documents, trusts or wills, we always have good witnesses that come in that can look specifically at this individual. Are they under any duress? Or are they being influenced in some uh, way that is really not their will? Do they have capacity? Do they know what they're doing? And so oftentimes it's uh, how you get the trust and will executed that's, that is important. And, and the, the law kind of spells out the things that you have to look for. And we spend a lot of time and effort in going through that execution process so that it will withstand any kind of court challenge. We're talking with attorney Brian A. Lowe from Brian A. Lowe & Associates. We're discussing trusts here on Ask the Experts, 702-257-5396, if you have a comment or question for attorney Lowe. So is there anything that I can't put into my trust? Or can pretty much anything go into it? You can pretty much put anything into it. Uh, there are different kinds of trusts. Uh, uh, for instance, guns, we don't uh, suggest putting it into a regular revocable living trust. We generally recommend a special kind of trust called a gun trust. And um, that way you can avoid some of the federal uh, pitfalls that you can fall into and find yourself being a felon with these weapons uh, or your, your beneficiaries find themselves in that situation. So that'll uh, teach them. That'll <laughs> teach them from trying to get my assets from me. <laughs> yeah. But um, mo you can put most assets into it. All right. 257-5396. Comments or questions for Brian A. Lowe from Brian A. Lowe and Associates. We are going to take a break for news, traffic, weather, and then we will be back on Ask the Experts on News Talk 720 KDWN. Now back to Ask the Experts on News Talk 720 KDWN. KDWN News Time 936. Good morning. I'm John Schaefer. Welcome to Ask the Experts here on KDON. Our guest today, Brian A. Lowe from Brian A. Lowe and Associates. We are discussing trust law. Good morning again, Brian. Thanks for Good being morning. here. And we have a phone call for you. Phil is on the line. 
Phil, good morning. You have a question for Attorney Lowe? Yes, I do, fellas. Um, how you doing, Brian? Brian, my question is, is this. Um, you know, there's these uh, financial advisors out there and uh, um, investment groups out there, and they offer, you know, a, a trust, a living trust or a non, uh, ir- irrevocable trust at a very, very uh, low rate compared to what I've seen, uh, you know, attorneys charge. Um, is that a safe way to go? I mean, it, it, would it be... Uh, a good thing to do, uh, going with a, a uh, uh, you know a financial advisor versus an attorney. I mean, this is probably something that people should know about. Either way, I mean, can there be mistakes made or problems uh, down the line with uh, a trust set up in this manner? Well, you know, an attorney has gone to law school, and in that law school, they've studied a lot of things, and it's very broad area areas that they study so that they can pass the bar. But after they uh, pass the bar, then they will start practicing. And the longer they practice in an, in an area of the law, the more proficient they become. And they get to the point where they specialize specifically in the area of estate planning or, or trusts and wills, et cetera. With an investment advisor, their primary purpose is to uh, sell product. And I don't have anything uh, against that because uh, I uh, feel that everyone needs the best they can find in each area of uh, society. And an investment advisor is one that can give them some advice on, on stocks and bonds and real estate and other kinds of investments. And that's what you really need is you need good planning when it comes to investments. Same thing with insurance, life insurance. You need a good person that knows life insurance to give you advice on life insurance. When it comes to estate planning, you really need to have a lawyer who is proficient in the area of estate planning give you advice as far as the estate planning. Now, oftentimes, insurance people or investment counselors will say, well, you know, we'll do this trust thinking that a trust is something that we just uh, pick up off the shelf and sign here and and they will have you sign it, and you think that everything is is uh, good, but you haven't had the advice of someone who has spent years not only drafting and putting together these plans, but also executing those plans in real life after a person dies and knows what the, you have to look at and look for to give you the right kind of counsel. So I would suggest that you do not go with uh, with a trust that's uh, promoted by someone who's selling a product. I believe that uh, it's best to go to uh, legal counsel to get your your legal advice and go back to that uh, investment counselor to give you advice as to how you should invest. Right. And um, um, how how, uh, expensive, I mean, um, I mean, a trust, uh, is it a very expensive thing? Is it, uh, you know, you know, I, uh, myself personally, I mean, I own a home and, and I have a small bank account, and, and that there would be my concern for my trust. It's not a lot of money, um, but I don't, you know, I don't want to make a, um, an attorney, uh, you know, uh, an heir to my <laughs> small, small, uh, um, you know, assets. Sure. It's, it's meant for my children. So, I mean, is it a very expensive thing? Well, it can be expensive even if you do not have a lot of assets, depending on what you want to do. Uh, your assets are 100% of, of your life. That's what you've got. And that 100% uh, may be one figure, 
and someone else who has a hundred times that is still a hundred percent of their life uh, right. asset. So everyone is trying to accomplish something with that trust, and you right. want to make sure that you get uh, uh, the right planning. So whatever is going to happen to that, those assets after you die will will happen. Um, but if you don't have much in the way of assets and a relatively simple uh, trust, it doesn't cost you very much. If there's a lot of uh, uh, different kinds of things that you want the state to go on for hundreds of years or uh, a lot of asset protection, I mean, a lot of other things, it may cost you more. Right. What we do is we generally give a person who is coming in uh, looking for some advice, they can come in, they can discuss that with us, and and those discussions last anywhere from an hour, sometimes even longer, uh, and that we give without any fee at all. Okay. And then what we can do is we can tell you, well, this is what, based on what you've told us, what we think you need, and to do this, this is what it would cost, and then we ask you, do you want us to do it? So you can find out, get the advice as to what you need, what it would cost, and then you can make up your mind as to whether right. it's worth worth the cost. And how would I uh, how would I get to uh, make an appointment with you guys? Well, you call our law office. That uh, number is area code seven zero two two five nine zero 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 two. Again, that's two five nine zero 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 two. Give us a call, and I'd be glad to sit down with you. And, just tell them that you're a new client wanting to come in and discuss your estate plan. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you, Philip. Thank right, you, Phil. Nice you're welcome. If you have a call like Phil, 702-257-5396 to get into the program today. But to touch on something Phil brought up and the, you answered him about, I noticed you've always practiced in this genre of law, so this is your expertise. That is correct. When times went bad here, you would notice, especially in this town, attorneys who were divorce attorneys suddenly became bankruptcy attorneys because that's what everyone was going through. Then they became real estate attorneys because everyone was going through foreclosure. How do I know, outside of you, who I know this is your expertise, if the attorney I'm going to, this is really their specialty or their specialty is practicing whatever law seems to be the most popular at that time? Well, probably the best thing to do is, is to get recommendations from from people who have had estate planning done um, uh, banks accountants investment advisors oftentimes can give you good advice as to who they think it would be good to go to but you're right when things got tough things uh, uh, even got hard with estate planning mm -hmm. because when things got tough there was less discretionary income and estate planning is something that is done with discretionary income. And when people don't have discretionary income, things turn down. Fortunately, in my practice, because I've been in practice for so long, we have not had to uh, uh, change our area of law. We have not uh, uh, dismissed anyone from their employment at, at the law office, and we have been able to weather the storm. And in doing so, we come out stronger. And the people that I've had are just wonderful people, knowing their, their area of the law and, and uh, 
Right. We can do a good job. Excellent. Very good. We're talking with attorney Brian A. Lowe from Brian A. Lowe & Associates, 257-5396. If you have a question for attorney Lowe, we're going to take a quick break for traffic. Sarah, hang on the line. We will get to your question as soon as we get back. But right now we're going to check in with Mitch Kelly in the Kate on One Nevada Credit Union Traffic Center. Now back to Ask the Experts on News Talk 720. KDWN. KDWN News Time 950, 10 minutes till 10. I'm John Schaefer. Thanks for joining us on Ask the Experts on this fine Monday morning. Our guest today, attorney Brian A. Lowe from Brian A. Lowe and Associates. Brian, got a few more phone calls for you here. Sarah is on the line. Sarah, you have a question for Brian? Yes, sir, I do. Thank you for taking my call. Good morning, Brian. It's nice to speak with you. Hi, am I? Hello? Yep, you're on. You're on. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So my question is this: um, I have a small 401k, and um, I'm in the process of paying off my mortgage, and that's basically all I have for my assets. Is it worth putting um, this, this, what I consider a small amount, into a trust? And particularly, the reason I that what what's making me have this question is that I'm in healthcare, and I'm I've had some friends. I've had two coworkers who have um, made a mistake, and they ended up being sued. And I, I fear that may happen to me one day. I mean, after all, I am human. And if I were to make a mistake and I were taken to court, I wouldn't want my 401k or my kids' college that I'm saving for, you know, to be open or any equity I have in my house to be open to, you know, somebody coming in and taking that. Okay. Uh, are you concerned about the house or are you concerned about the 401k? Um, well, I mean, I guess both. Okay. Let's uh, uh, first of all take the 401k. I assume that you've invested your money into the 401k and yeah. it's accumulating. The 401k will, will grow uh, exempt from any tax as long as you leave it in there. Um, if you take it out, then it will be subject to taxation. Sometimes we recommend that you take assets out of the 401k if your tax rate is very low and put that over into a Roth IRA to bring up the total amount of uh, uh, taxable income down to the point where you don't pay any tax at all and turn that into a Roth and let that then grow uh, tax-free forever. But the 401k... Uh, you cannot put a 401k into a trust because the 401k okay. is a trust in and of itself. Oh, okay. But the 401k is also exempt from creditors claims as long as you leave it in that 401k. So that's exempt. Now, Sounds like I should leave it alone then. Yes. And with your house, if you have a home and the equity in your home is uh, $500,000 or less, then the homestead exemption will protect that from any creditor's claim. So, Oh, okay. So All right. Uh, either way, you have uh, some protection against creditors for your 401k and or for your, your, real, or your residence. Okay. All right. Thank you for that. Have a good day. You bet, Sarah. Thanks for calling. Thank you, Sarah. We have James on the line also. James, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, Brian. This is James. James, it's nice talking to you. Yes, uh, Missy says hi, too. Uh, I just want a brief testimonial. 
Brian had no idea I was going to call and mention this, and he's probably embarrassed, but he helped form a trust for our family, and I was going through a physical hardship, and I was practicing engineering in 2011, and under NRS, because of my physical hardship, uh, I can no longer practice my profession. And he and his son uh, came in and serviced uh, me, and, and they were wonderful and helped form the trust for our family. And uh, I want to extend a ex- appreciation over the air for all that he's done for us and thank him for it. And I just had, I also have a question, Brian. Will we be able to uh, go over it real quick? You bet. Okay. Uh, well, my wife, she has her uh, own trust with her own family, and she will be the uh, uh, grantee. She will receive the assets solely. And uh, as far as doing a trust-to-trust transfer, uh, how how would you recommend going about that? And we would be able to meet with you uh, later on at your convenience, but maybe for listeners on the air who may have that unique circumstance, what would be your recommendations in general? And I'll go ahead and take your answer off the air, Brian. Thanks so much. Well, thanks for calling, Jim. Uh, you can put into the trust a merger provision that will allow uh, the merger of the assets of one trust to the to another trust that provides basically the same kind of uh, of uh, dispositive provision. So uh, if your wife's trust says this is the way it's going to be treated for her and your trust says this is the way it's going to be treated for her, those two could merge. Uh, uh, your, your father-in-law is deceased, but your, uh, um, your trust upon your demise could, could merge into that one. At the beginning of the show, we talked about uh, a lot of people like to put their assets into a trust to try and avoid paying more in taxes on it. Mm-hmm. How exactly does that work? How does a trust help in that avenue? Well, at one time, or for many years, we had an exempt amount that is would not be taxable, and that was amount was $600,000. And over the years, it has gone up, gone up, and just a couple of years ago, it went up uh, to over $5 million. So... Right now, you can have uh, roughly uh, $5.4 million before really you have to pay any estate tax. Then they also have a thing called portability. And if anyone's interested in knowing what portability is and the exemption and how that all works, give me a call at my office. But portability basically gives the, the unused exemption of one spouse when they die to the to the surviving spouse. So the exemption to the surviving spouse can get up as high as $10,800,000. And now you're talking uh, uh, the greatest proportion of the, of the uh, population are under the $10.8 million. So trusts, we used to have to split it up because there was no portability, mm-hmm. and we split it up in such a way that we could utilize a marital deduction and thereby not have to pay tax upon that first death. And is there a way to set up a trust to, that it can live on in perpetuity so that it keeps funding whatever it is I've decided I need the money to go toward to make sure that there's always money there for it? If you're, if it's a charitable uh, arrangement, yes, it can go on in perpetuity. But we have a law, um, it's called the Rule Against Perpetuities, that started back when the Dukes and Earls were starting to use trust for tax purposes. And the king came up with this rule that it was a rule against perpetuities that basically said 
all of these assets has to vest in some life in being within 21 years of lives in being. So we were bound to whoever was alive at the time of the death plus 21 years, and that's as long as it could go. But Nevada is one of the few states who have changed their rule against perpetuities, and now they can get, get going for over 300 years. All right. It's been a fascinating hour. How do people get a hold of you, Brian, if they have more questions or would like to set up a consultation? Just give me a call at uh, my number, area code 702-259-0002. And we, we open up at 730 in the morning and, and uh, generally close up about 5. All right. And we will talk to you again next Monday at 9 o'clock right here. I'm looking forward to it, John. Thanks. Uh-huh. Thank you, Brian, and thank you for listening to Ask the Experts this morning on News Talk 720 KDWN.